welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 35, Astral Travel, The Consciousness Cloud, Peanut Butter, and Dream Densities with Sterling Cold Bennett. We have a really fun conversation today with Sterling for you. She takes us through many experiential stories. We're going to talk about the different densities that you can dream in and why you might dream in lower densities versus higher densities. We're going to get into what the consciousness cloud is and peanut butter. How does that fit into this story? Well, you're going to find out when she starts sharing some of her astral travel stories and experiences and how she was able to prove that the astral plane indeed exists here in the physical. So let's jump right into the conversation and find out what Sterling has to share with us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. I am here with Lisa, Brian, and Michael. And today we are joined by Sterling Nicole Bennett, who is a skilled intuitive empath. She has spent her life thus far studying, experiencing all things paranormal and metaphysical. She has been interviewed on Stillness in the Storm for Psychic Connection and Astral Projection. And she's also done an exclusive interview about the Blue Sphere Beings and the Secret Space Program with insider Corey Good. Welcome to the show, Sterling. How are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Thank you for that amazing intro. Well, you gave us so much good stuff to introduce you with. <laughs> um, S- Sterling, you know, you and I've um, only known each other a few months, but I've always been fascinated with how young you are and how into astral travel you already are. Can you um, talk a little bit about what astral travel is and how you kind of experienced it for the first time? Sure. Uh, so astral travel is basically where you are um, traveling outside of your body and going all sorts of different places in your soul or your light body or whatever vocabulary you prefer to use. But uh, my favorite method of doing that is basically by um, starting with a lucid dream. And instead of deciding that you want to go fly around or mess with your friends or something in your dream, then uh, – <laughs> Sometimes it's great to decide that you want to actually project, and there's a lot of really cool ways you can do that um, that I've spent a lot of time explaining in different videos and stuff, so I won't bore you with it, but yeah, uh, I've always kind of, I mean, I've always been interested in it. Like, ever since I was a little kid, I had really vivid dreams. Um, a lot of them were re- repetitive, where I would be put into different situations that I um, had to figure out the answer to, and every dream that I would have in that sequence would have the exact same situation, but I would have the knowledge transferred over from the previous dreams. Um, so there's like a lot of reasons why I was interested in astral travel uh, from a young age, pretty much because I was experiencing it. And I know that there's a lot of other uh, youngsters, I guess, uh, <laughs> that, that feel the same way and have experienced the same thing. How do you know you're experiencing astral travel if you've never done it or even know what it is? Well, I guess I was fortunate in already knowing what astral travel was when I did first experiencing it experience it but it can be uh if you don't know what it is you it might be kind of scary but the reality is is that there's nothing that can hurt you and it's all square but you can you can tell that you're actually having an actual experience out of body experience because you you can feel it like sometimes people report seeing themselves from another place like they're looking at their body for example over their bed They'll find themselves like floating up out of bed and turning around and staring at their body sleeping. And it's 
insanely more vivid than any dream. It's much more tangible to, I guess, how can I explain this? Basically, it's kind of like when you're awake, like you are right now, probably, <laughs> and uh, you, everything feels real. But for some reason, to me on the astral plane, things feel more than real. They're like more, the they're more vivid. Like uh, it's just it's it's a it's a lot. It's it's hard to explain. I don't but know. If that how do you know you're not dreaming? How do you know you're even going to these places? Like if you've never been to a place and you astral travel there. Um, you don't, you don't know what it looks like. So whatever you make up in your mind of what it is, you, you don't know if you're right or wrong. So how do you know you're actually going anywhere? That's an awesome question. So to me, with my experiences, the places that I've gone on the actual plane where I know that I'm actually projecting and it's on a dream, I have been able to interact with other people and communicate about them the next day. Uh, with our experiences, but also another part of the astral plane that is fascinating because honestly, like we don't have all the answers. Like this is just my experiences, but a lot of times what happens is I am not on earth. I'm in some kind of weird void and there's different kinds of beings there. And something I like to do is find a friend or find someone who I can talk about, you know, talk about the experience the next day just to validate to me that there was something extra going on besides just like my mind making up situations. You know what I mean? Because if you can validate it with a friend or an outside, sure. you know, then it makes it more real. If that so it's kind of like playing Minecraft. Uh, I mean, I don't play Minecraft. Uh, just because I'm a kid doesn't mean I play Minecraft. But <laughs> you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> you know, I lucid dream sometimes, but I, and I have, you know, I'm familiar with astral travel. I've never really felt like I've been able to do it. But you made me realize after listening to some of your YouTube st stuff and some other interviews that you've done that you, um, if you're lucid dreaming at that point, you can kind of tell, tell yourself. So that's a good starting point. If you're a lucid dreamer, that's a great starting point to experiment with astral travel. I mean, it's... To me, like you just did it sort of automatically, but for me, those two pieces haven't really connected. Right. Well, for me, that uh, that is the easiest way, in my opinion. So it's different for everyone. Um, and for me, the easiest way to achieve like an actual astral body, like coming out of your body experience, is through the dream plane. So what when, when you look up how to astral project, what you're going to find is people explaining how you can lay in bed and get in really, really deep meditation and you don't fall asleep, but you somehow figure out how to disconnect your, um, your soul or your light body from your physical body and you get up and you run around, and do whatever you want. To me, that doesn't really work because I fall asleep. So I figured out <laughs> that through this process, um, instead of fighting myself and not letting, you know, and not letting myself fall asleep, I just fall asleep. And then I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly why, but, um, I do become lucid easier on the dream plane than some people. I know that that's a skill that you can learn and develop. But, uh, if I keep, if I make the intention set ahead of time to make sure that I ask myself whenever I'm at that point, Oh, cool. I'm lucid dreaming. What do I want to do next? Then I can say, I want to astral project and I want to go find this person and I want to go do this thing over here. So well, I think you made a really interesting point where you, you say a lot of people do it without falling asleep and you go ahead and fall asleep because self-awareness resides in the prefront, prefrontal cortex. And that sh typically in most people shows reduced activity when we sleep. So how can you 
how can you sleep and then have your self-awareness? Because, you know, we will have a bizarre dream when we're dreaming, but we don't know it's bizarre when we're dreaming until we're awake and we can use our prefrontal cortex. So do you know that when you dream, your prefrontal cortex stays active and allows you to do this? I mean, is is there an actual scientific relation to being able to astral project or lucid dream because your brain stays active? I'm sure there is, but that you bring up an excellent point. Um, so I ask myself often, you know, I'm not a scientist or anything. I'm just kind of sharing my experiences. But I've thought about before, like, what really is sleep? Like, your body is going into such a deep meditative state that there's a point where your, you know, your conscious mind turns off, but it's still there. So your dreaming pretty much in general is just super, super deep meditation. So whenever you have a dream and you know you're dreaming, you're using that part of your brain that you just described in that instance. So I think that whenever people are astral projecting from, you know, the basic understanding of it, which is where you lay in bed and come up out of your body, uh, it's pretty much that, that area is still staying active. Also, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but have you ever started to fall asleep and you think that you're falling and you kind of jolt and your whole body jolts? Sure, my wife does that all the time. (laughs) All the time. It's usually when she's landing, though, that her body jumps. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of like that. That's in that state usually of between awake and asleep where your brain is starting to turn off those, um, you know, those functions in your brain that keep your body from actually moving around when you're dreaming. But what's interesting is whenever you, uh, experience like laying and you're trying not to fall asleep, like, let's say you have somewhere to be, but you're so exhausted and like you're laying on the couch, right. And you really want to get up, but you can't like, you're like, well, I'm really tired. I need to get up, but I'm just going to stay here for like 10 more seconds. And you keep telling yourself in your head, you need to get up, you need to get up. What happens to me anyway is I'll actually get up, I'll go through my entire routine, and then I'll be woken up on the couch where I was before, and it's really irritating. So, you know, it's there's there's a lot that goes into it, but it's really weird whenever you are in that in-between state and you feel your arms, like, moving, and you have to remember that they're not actually moving. It's almost like there's a disconnect with your uh, thought process, if, if that makes any sense. I sometimes dream when I'm in that state, I'll dream, but I'm still awake. So if there's stuff going on in the room, I hear what's going on in the room, but at the same time, I'm having a dream and I'll like, then I'll be fully awake and say, oh, that was weird. I was dreaming and knowing what was going on at the the same time. The closest I've ever come to, to that is like when the radio was on, I don't listen to the radio much anymore, but I used to have, you know, like NPR come on in the morning and I'd be coming out of a deep sleep and hear the news, but not really be awake. And that I dream what the news was about. And I always thought it was weird, you know, later in the day when I hear the news again, I was like, Oh, I dreamed about that. Right. Sometimes like whenever you are sleeping and you hear something like NPR or something in the background, it can alter what you're dreaming about. But I also, you know, after lucid dreaming for a really long time, you kind of start to get, bored almost where you're like what else is there what's the point like why is this even possible and a lot of people report meeting uh you know spiritual teachers uh you know past loved ones uh like i've I've done that like i do a lot of uh astral plane uh, astral travel work with my past away relatives because it helps me Mm -hmm. with you know things like that there's a lot of you know there's a lot of other aspects that go into it i like to think that 
the dream plane isn't just a place where your mind just wanders and, you know, whatever. I think that your soul is actually traveling, whether you're aware of it or not, to all these kinds of different realities, experiencing a whole bunch of different things that you're learning while you're asleep so that your subconscious mind can, you know, learn lessons and give you time ultimately. Well, well and that's, that's what I struggle with. You said reality. And at the end of the day, there's no way to prove that this is not just a dream and you're just a really freaking great dreamer and you have such great creativity and you can interact with your past loved ones, but it doesn't mean you actually are interacting with your past loved ones. Well, okay. So <clears throat> my dad had that experience where he interacted with his both parents who passed away 40 years ago and he said that he's never had such a vivid dream that it just didn't feel like a dream it felt so real and I think what happened was he actually astral traveled to meet his parents um, and they met together on the astral plane and just to kind of like jump back um, a quick second to Brian's question about how do we know if we're how do we have that self-awareness if it's in the prefrontal cortex remember when we had our podcast with Augie that he said the mind and the brain are two different things and the mind is where your self-awareness really does come through and that is like your higher self and so I think that it's not just about the brain it's also about knowing that you're maintaining that connection through your higher self to that, that is a fascinating concept, and actually, that that um, that interview that Lisa mentioned that we were listening to that you, that you did um, with those two guys—I don't remember their their names—they both had beards. Um, anyway, it was really interesting. One of them, I don't know, it was kind of a thought experiment, for lack of a better term. He talked about how our meat suit, our body, um, is kind of like our our phone and our mind or our consciousness, I guess, doesn't reside here. It resides remotely. Like how your phone gets information from the cloud, the information is not stored on your phone. It's actually in a remote location, but we're accessing it. And I thought that was a really fascinating way to think about it. I can't get my mind around it or my brain around it, I should say. Right. That's, that's actually, that is a really good way to explain it. And also a lot of what I'm describing is really hard to understand if you haven't experienced it, because like Nicole said, you know, but her, you know, whoever, I think he says your grandfather or your dad, I'm so sorry. I just completely forgot. But, uh, when they complete, they had that dream and it was like more than a dream and it's so realistic. Like it's something that is really hard to describe to someone, um, to help them understand it. But the thing is, you, you know, you're right. Like we can't, we, we don't really know what's real at all. We don't know what's going on. But, but what's fun about that is that you have the power to explore it for yourself and kind of figure out the answers for, you know, for whatever uh, that might look like to you. And that's actually the whole point. Like we're here having a human experience to figure things out and ask questions. So we might as well do that. It's kind of like your dream you had, Michael, with the lady with the red hair. Was that real? It was so real the next day. However, as time goes, it just felt more like a dream. It was weird. It's like, you know, you felt like it, this vivid dream was so real that it passed the bounds of dreamhood, if you will. And then like two, three weeks later, it felt like, okay, maybe I was just more like a dream. 
because you don't remember all the fine details. You just kind of remember the main subject, if you will. Um, however, I mean, I, I've experienced out-of-body experiences, as, as Sterling says. Like, I've gone into a position where I've, like, saw myself above the body or above my own body in my own bed several times in my life, but, like, never beyond my room. It was never beyond, like, just the area. And I kind of just chalked that up to the old DMT theory of, like, we just we just do a lot of DMT, you know, dosing when we sleep. You know, we, I would we, chalk it up to tequila. No, this is, like, when I was even when I was a child when I didn't drink. It's, like, the, the, the DMT we release, supposedly, when we are in our deep REM sleep is just pretty good. It's, it's good. It's good. It's like we're on a drug in the middle of the night What's uh, just like, it's, so, uh, it's like a long chemical word for pretty much your hallucinogen hallucinogen yeah, and pineal gland it, uh produces it pineal oh, okay. gland so does lungs that's why yogi people that breathe in deep have like a lot of experiences in their life and, and a few other things that happen you do in your life you just release this natural thing that we make they they've uh, physically tested, physically, they've scientifically tested uh, mice, at the very least, rodents, and it is proved that DMT is released both in the lungs and the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that trips us out, and we try to figure out what we experienced in a spiritual kind of manner. And I'm in that in-between world right now where, like, I want to believe what I see I want to believe that this is some sort of some sort of spiritual awakening, but at the same time, if I'm tripping out on like some acid-like drug, right? Should I trust it? Right. And so I I've seen quote unquote myself in bed above my body, and I just I sadly don't trust what I saw oh. in my youth and I think in my he has a mirror on the ceiling. Oh, well, hold yeah. on a second. Hold on a second. Why wouldn't you trust something that is so naturally organic made from your own body? No, he's saying he doesn't trust the input that he's getting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trusting that I'm getting um, drugged up in a way, but I'm not trusting that it's some sort of porthole to godhood and, and knowing what the spiritual world is about. Interesting. Well, uh... I mean, so that's, you know, that's a valid thought, of course, but I want to ask you why, like, kind of like what coming off Nicole said, it it is a natural thing that your brain produces. So why, you know, why couldn't it be something to help you connect your, your spirit? What, like, that's the beauty of this whole conversation. It could be, and it could not be. I mean, we're at that 50, 50 debate here. It could be either a natural drug that your brain induces that makes you trip out or it could be some sort of porthole uh opening to a spiritual world that's the beauty of why i'm even participating on this podcast is like there there is a whole realm of maybe and there's also a whole realm of maybe not yeah well what about the realm of why not you know, like, why not? Could be both. Oh, I, I, I always say, why not? There's a lot. Of, I mean, you can solve a lot of things with why not. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's scientifically proved. So if I'm looking for like some sort of like science behind of what we are discussing. Right. It's not about why not. It's about it is or it is not. Okay. Well, so, go ahead, Sterling. I was just going to say, so on that note, 
um, you know, how can we prove that we are even existing right now? You know what I mean? Like consciousness is such, uh, you know, we could just be talking to ourselves in our head in a super intense DMT state in the, in the womb of our mother still, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, you can go into that. Absolutely right. And in our past guests, when he brought up the fact that he could hypnotize us to think about that there's a big pink elephant in the room and we actually believe it, he thinks that our imagination is so powerful that it is the world that we live in. So if we imagine something happening in our lives, in our world, that is actually true. I don't really partake in that, but that's what our past guests really wanted to say. And it's like, well, no, okay. also that collective consciousness that he was that he was talking about, you know, which is which actually plays into that interview that I just, you know, alluded to that Sterling. that Sterling did. Sorry. Um, you know, where you're this consciousness is out there and you're just accessing it, you know, like it's like a Bluetooth connection to, to the, another the realm, cloud. the cloud. At the end of the day, we wake up in this reality that we know of and we think of on an everyday basis. We or keep you're our memories into the matrix, and you've never been awake in your life. I mean, that's that's also something that cannot be scientifically proven. We cannot prove that this is real, and that's just like, but but Brian, it's just like I cannot prove that my red is the same red as the way you see red. We can't prove that. Well, and you, it's different. It could be different. It could be the exact same, but we can't prove that because we all have our own personal introspective of what this world is about. So, I mean, I, th- I, I don't know even really what the point I'm talking about is, but I just like we, I just try to take a little bit back on like the mm, extracurricular spiritual activities we pull off at times in our life as maybe it's not it's necessarily godsend maybe it has a scientific reason behind it if you're living in the 3d physical world well this is this is very interesting because i love this conversation and i love all the questions and i think it's great i also find it quite fascinating that you know this idea that our science can actually prove this stuff i don't believe our science is capable of proving this stuff just simply for the way it's been designed. And so if we simply put our faith in the fact that if science can't prove it, then how will we ever know? There's a lot of, um, we just, we back ourselves up into a corner and stop trusting our own knowing, that kind of deep cellular knowing where you just sometimes get information you don't know where it came from you didn't read it in a book it's just in your mind it's what we call a download where did that download come from and is seeing believing or is believing seeing well perception is reality so i mean to me that just just the fact that perception is reality makes me believe that this is all a dream that what we think sitting here, we think we're all awake. We think this is real, but this too is a dream. How you could it not be? Way off into my mind uh, zone of, oh my gosh. I got just almost curse and I tried not to, but I remember you said I could. You so can. You can curse. Please curse. We okay. encourage it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Huge mind fuck. And I'm up here on level two trying to like explain like basic 
I, I'm not a scientist, guys. I cannot answer like any of these questions. But I, I love this conversation. I love the dynamic that's going on. This is great, you know. Um, especially like the, you know, from the skeptic point of view, that's that's awesome. And of course, this could all just be a dream. And it's, perception is reality. But you know what's fun about that? What's fun about that is that you can perceive it to be super awesome and make it however you want. Because just like in your lucid dreams or in your dreams at all, you're creating that reality. You can do the same here. So and and the end of the day, there's no way to prove or disprove anything. And it doesn't even matter because all that matters is what you do with your life and how you treat people. Yeah, but I have to have a job to pay my bills. And if I stop paying my bills, somebody's going to turn off my electricity or kick me out of my house. That's reality. And if this was a dream, I would say, well, fuck that. I'm just going to. But Brian, I'm just going to reach into my pocket, and every time I reach in, there's going to be a stack of hondos. <laughs> Brian, I kind of understand where she's coming from because at the end of the day, I friggin' love going to sleep. I love going to sleep because I'm like ready for the new episode that's going to be played in my head. And like, I have great dreams, crazy dreams, awesome dreams. And I wake up for them like it's a, I wake up from a reality TV show that was kind of fake, kind of real, but not real. And it's, it's like, and then during the day, it's like almost like I recharge my batteries. I go through our living existence. And then when like I get to fall asleep, my goodness, I come up with some amazing shit in my brain. Or maybe something else comes up with amazing shit in my brain. But it is like fascinating. So it's almost like we do live two lives in a way in this world. That's a really good point. I think you live more than multiple lives, but what if your dreams are real? Like if you start thinking down that wormhole and you just say, okay, hypothetically speaking, what if this crazy dream I had about this lady with the red hair that I know nothing about because I didn't hear that dream, what if it was real? What would that mean? And you kind of go down like that, that area and like, that's okay. Like that's all exploratory. So that's probably the fun of being a human is exploring all these questions and trying to figure things out. Well, if dreams are real, then I got pretty lucky this morning, just saying. Oh, do tell. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. It's a family. No, it's weird. I've never had this kind of dream <laughs> for like 20 years. And I'm like, I had one this this morning. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the redhead. Dirty boy. No, it wasn't. It was none of the audience that are listening right now either. So don't worry. <laughs> How do you, how yeah, do you, how do you know? know? <laughs> Maybe one of our audience member hijacked your dream. Yeah. Maybe. I guess you're right. It's true, right? Sterling, yeah. someone could have astral projected themselves into Michael's bedroom. <laughs> astral project. Okay, we got it. I mean, Ster- Sterling is bored in her dreams, so she goes around and fucks with other people's dreams. I do guess. you really get bored in your dreams, Sterling? Seriously? I did not do that. I do not do that. I ha- I'm too busy. <laughs> I got too much of my own stuff to figure out, so sorry to disappoint. But you you were saying that you have a friend that you do your show with, um, Sabrina. And Sabrina the, the two, witch. Two of you interact with each other in your dreams, right? Yeah, so we've had experiences in the past where these, this hasn't happened in a while, which is weird. That's a whole subject. But basically what would happen is we started realizing that we were interested in the same things, and we were listening to Jimmy Church's radio show, Fade to Black, and I think that's where they mentioned the Monroe Institute. And the Monroe Institute, if you guys don't know, which I doubt you do, it's a and it's an institute that dedicates the like for the learning of astral projection. And they have uh, their 
Institute started from uh, Robert Monroe, who has written amazingly detailed books. So Robert Monroe, when he, at some point in his life, I think he's passed away now, unfortunately, but he was having constant astral projection experiences happen to him without like being, even being asleep. Like it was happening all the time. And this man was amazing enough to write down every single detail scientifically of everything that happened every single time. And he published mm -hmm. them into these books that are amazing. So this institute developed a, um, I'm sure with his help, sorry, I'm not like super well versed in this, uh, with this program to help people learn to astral project. So you could, they had a program where you could actually go to the institute if you wanted to. And I think there, it was guaranteed to experience an out of body experience if you like, if you go through that process, which it didn't have them $2,000. Yes, that is correct. So uh, <laughs> that it's just, you know, interesting. I wouldn't do that, but whatever. So, cause I don't really need to, but the, the programs that they released were like binaural beat trainings. And so we started, we were curious and like, whatever. So we started training with those and what ended up happening. I'm not sure if it was because we started listening to these tracks or because we had the intention for this to happen, like we were working on it together. But what would happen is we had several experiences where we would not try, like it wouldn't be a planned thing. We would go to sleep. Uh, we like, I would become lucid. I don't know everything on her end, but I would become lucid. I would find her after I made it into an astral projection, which is like a process that I do, which is very vivid and very crazy. And I would find her and I would, like I, in one, in one instance, I took her by the shoulders and I shook her and I started screaming in her face. And the first thing that came to my head was peanut butter. So I was screaming peanut butter, peanut butter, like over and over and over again to her. And I was trying to get her to remember it that way. The next day we could talk about it. So like after I did that in this instance, I was like, we were in a bathroom and I described everything perfectly. Like, and I don't even like, it's, it's, I could still do that right now, but I'm just like all excited for some reason. And um, I started memorizing details about our surroundings and I was trying to talk to her so we could like transfer information. So the next day, like I wake up and I write everything down and I go to work and like we were working together and she comes to work and I look at her and I'm like, do you remember? Do you remember what happened? Tell me what it was. And she's, and I told her to tell me about her dream. And so she told me about her dream where she was in the exact same situation with me and she told me peanut butter and like all of this other, like it was such an amazingly detailed thing that I guess I should have just explained, but I just got really excited. Um, but th the thing is like instances like that, like that's happened like a handful of times for us. It's maybe five or six times, but they were so detailed and so crazy that for us to be able to discuss, like compare our dreams the next day and then fill in gaps for each other was so much confirmation that it really just made me like it convinced me of any doubt that I have that maybe I was just dreaming if if that even came across correctly or uh well, if that it, makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it does make sense it's really interesting but it makes what I focused on was how limited the conversation was to peanut butter um because it, it, it doesn't seem worth doing unless now if, if I could continue my day and continue my work and have conversations with people and really use my my brain to really tackle some some things, I, I, I think that would be great. But just to sit in a bathroom. And oh, talk no. About Hold on a second, Brian. Let me, let me, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Brian, okay. 
You are totally devaluing what she's talking about. Just because she had what you consider to be like a meaningless conversation that won't really, you know, produce anything valuable in the world to make a difference is completely negating the fact that she's proving through her own experiences that she's doing this astral travel. And, no, that she, and that's, that's cool. No, wait, I'm not, no, wait, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not no, no, to discount that. I'm not I'm just done, Brian. Our Brian is so powerful. Brian, I'm not done. You, you take something where she's starting to like work on it and grow that muscle and really start to learn and hone that skill that eventually you get to the point where you might be able to do really great work on the astral plane. Yeah. And that's the point. Like you have to work on it. You can't, you don't just wake up one day and become an, you know, like an athlete. It doesn't work that way. You have to actually try and figure things out. So it's like, I'm stretching my arms here and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and FY, oh, I'm just curious, Brian, why did you throw in the whole, um, yeah, and you have to pay them $2,000? Like, what was that about? Because you do. You so, have to pay them money, though. So you go to university and you pay hundreds of dollars. So you're learning a new skill. We talked about this before. The whole institution system is screwed up and messed up. We don't pay for life skills. We don't pay for things that are actually going to do like meaningful work in this world, right? You even said, you know, no one teaches me how to be a good person. That's like a personal um, choice, Clearly. right? But, you know, <laughs> here you have this institution where you pay $2,000 to astral project or learn how to do that. I think it's an incredible skill to hone and I think there's so much opportunity in it. I don't mm. think there's anything wrong with paying people money who are going to teach you something that clearly a lot of people don't even know they're able to do. Oh, and they also, charge you thousands at universities to teach you useless information. So, exactly, yeah, you can't even get a job. They, they don't like. It's not like you just sit in a classroom and they teach you. That's not what it is. Like it's pretty much a, a medical thing. Like they have. They, so it's like a it's like a weekend or a week or something of really intense, uh, like sleep therapy they're sleep depriving you like you have to have like medical professionals there with you it's like you're in a hospital pretty much like you don't you don't get to just go into a classroom and like take some notes and like oh i just wasted two thousand no it's not like that at all like you know these people dedicate their lives to this research and i think that that's a very fair price if it's something that you need to do yeah i mean i paid four thousand dollars to get my yoga teacher's instruction i that's one of the best things i've ever learned you know i i it, it's helped me expand my mind it's helped me connect with my body and understand when my body's talking to me um it's helped me improve my flexibility uh physically mentally spiritually well i you know i've i've spent better money there than i ever did in university amen yeah amen so okay what did you just whisper? You know we can hear you whispering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good microphone. We're gonna yeah, we have too good of a microphone. Well <laughs> hey, what did you just whisper? About astral projection. What I never didn't say my, my joke, so he has a you joke. can't you can't bring it up now. It, it would have been funny, <laughs> but you can't now force you have it to. Now I have to. Now you have to. Okay, so let's say, okay, we're going to... It's the perfect time, actually. What, to talk about the joke? And if yes. you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. So when the first time Sterling was, was going to say the, the, the term astral projection, I was going to say, what? Asshole projection? What's that? And Lisa was going to say... That's anytime you open your mouth. I was going to say that too. <laughs> 
I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> awesome. That's a great dynamic, though. Hey, I respect you. I'm not calling you an asshole for the record. I love him. I was just kidding. Although he can't. Well, that was he my can, idea. Yeah, he can. My, I came up with the punchline. Yeah, and he can be an asshole. Oh, okay. There's that. Okay. <laughs> That's why I get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Okay, so um, just to kind of like build off of what we were talking about, you know, what Brian was kind of insinuating that there's nothing meaningful going on on the astral plane when your astral project. What are some air, like some things that you've heard people doing or experiencing do, through their astral projection that is doing bigger stuff? That's a great question. For starters, a very useful tool on the astral plane, whether or not you believe it's a real experience or not, is talking to your spirit guides or going through some sort of personal growth with an experience of, you know, whoever that person is in your dream. It could just be some stranger that's walking around with your dream teaching lessons. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot that you can do. My favorite thing to do, besides the obvious, like, fly around and whatever else, is to talk to people that I need to talk to. And what's cool about that is that they don't have to be dead. You know what I mean? Like my, my dad died when I was about to turn 13 and my brother died a few years ago. And there was a lot of unresolved things, you know, and growing up, you really need your dad. You don't realize that. So I have used my time on the astral plane when I need to most to talk to those, to them. And I've resolved issues. And, um, in one instance, my brother asked me to write a letter from him to his, uh, you know, to his wife and his kids, but I wasn't, you know, brave enough to do it, but I'll get to it one day or whatever. So there's situations like that. However, you know, it, it's possible that that might not all be real, but to me it is. And I think that's what really matters. See, that's you know, you said cool. something in the, the interview that we listened to about um, some dream, a reoccurring dream that you had of being in school and snapping your fingers and waking everybody up. Yes. Uh, yeah sure um do, do you want me to tell that dream yeah i want to make a comment on it but tell go ahead and tell that dream okay so whenever i was in preschool with this is the first dream that i remember being lucid no not being lucid in but close uh the first one being referring um i was in my my preschool and i was uh i realized that everyone in the school all the teachers all the students were in this zombie-like trance and they were just staring off into space. And I tried everything to wake them up, and I realized that the only way I could wake them up was by snapping in front of their face. So I ran through the entire school, and I snapped in front of everybody's face I could find. And then I woke up, and and everything was good. And then for the next like month or two straight, it was a really long time, I'm not sure how long it was, every single night I had that dream and I, as soon as it would start, I remember just being like, oh, again, but I would already know how to solve the problem. So I wouldn't waste any time. And I would just sprint through and snap my fingers for everyone's faces. So like my, I've had situations like that happen several times. Like I've had several different recurring dreams like that, where I retain the memories. And I kind of feel like possibly I'm going through some sort of, um, my, uh, lab rat type scenario where someone is putting me through tests, whoever they might oh. be to see how I might react in different situations. But that's just my thoughts on it. When when I heard you tell that dream, it seemed so obvious to me what it meant, which was that's why you were that's why you're here. You're here to awaken people. Oh, thank you. That's really awesome. I hadn't thought about <laughs> that. That makes me happy. Yeah, and I was surprised that you didn't 
say that like when you said you thought you were being put through some tests, I thought, no, you were just being told that you're here. That's your job to wake people. Wow. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. See that, isn't that silly how like you think that you know things and then people tell you and you're like, oh yeah, that's obvious. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but I think you already realize that you're here to help people and Lisa knows that as well. And Nicole knows that as well, but it's for somebody like me, when people tell me that I'm here to help with that, you know, that's, I, I can't get my mind around that at all. Well, he's not, he's not awakened necessarily not awakened. spiritually, but he has gifts that he doesn't, that he's really not aware of. But you know what? You're providing a service right now by asking questions that listeners might have that are more of the skeptical side. And that's very helpful. That's a very important thing. So definitely don't discredit yourself on any of that. Just because you don't see yourself being helpful or you're, you're not like some kind of guru or whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Like you're here for a reason. Everybody is. Well, thank you. And I think your side and, and Michael's side, the skeptic side, is just as important as you know, Sterling and Nicole and, and my side of things, because you're helping bring those skeptics closer to the middle, you know, and closer to maybe that awakening. And without people like you and Michael that, you know, we wouldn't be able to bridge that gap. Well, we'll find more out about me soon enough when my Akashic records are read live, recorded live on the air. Yes. Oh, you're so brave. exciting. I'm brave. <laughs> <laughs> He said he has nothing to hide, past, no lives, or present. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ryan has no idea what he's getting himself into. <laughs> well, and that's why I'm happy to do it. Because <laughs> I'm oblivious. <laughs> he's going to end up crying on the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Well, I, I, and that would be okay. I, I have emotions sometimes. <laughs> Feelings. I cry occasionally. He feels things. <laughs> well, I th I feel like Brian is a faucet that's starting to drip a little faster than it was before. So, a leaky faucet, great. Not a leaky faucet. It's like the faucet was rusted closed, and now we're de-rusting, and it's starting to <laughs> turn. And you know, I we're like getting some leaky more water. faucet more than a rusty faucet. <laughs> You know, I was I was wondering, and I know you're going to appreciate this, Nicole, because you know when Sterling was describing that um, astral projection, it made me just see similarities in what I'm trying to do with my daughter. Is that some form of astral projection that I'm doing? Because I'm putting so much of my mind behind it and I and the way that I described it to you is I actually you know take the path and I physically you know go from my house here to her house there and I see the and I see the way and I see myself walking into the house it's not clear it's not the way that she describes you know that it's so vivid I mean this is I, I'm assuming it's just my imagination but it's a really interesting bridge you know because I'm not as open or I'm not vibrating at a, at a, at a high rate. Well, to let Sterling know, we, you know, asked Brian if he would try, you know, meditating and sending love or good energy to somebody in his life. And he chose to do that to his daughter and has been 
picturing it as a big ball of energy, energy. and actually delivering it to her house and, and giving it to her, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that, Sterling? Because it is, you know, even the, it's more of a meditative type thing than it is dreaming, but I feel like it has the same impact. And I'm not doing it while I'm dr- dreaming. I'm doing it while I'm awake. Yeah, well, you, you don't have to be, uh, you know, in bed asleep to achieve this at all. I mean, there's tons of monks that just meditate and come out of their bodies and whatever. But the point is that it's different for everybody. Like, just because it's super vivid sometimes doesn't mean it would always be. And there's plenty of times where I've had experiences that, you know, to me, uh, a good way to explain it is that there's different vibrations. Like, uh, right now we're in the third vibration, right? Three, three, 3D, three, third dimension, whatever. Uh, the lower, so if you guys have ever had dreams before, for example, like where you can't move or like you're, you're it's like you're running in water or you're trying to hit somebody and it doesn't yeah. work. Uh, to me, that is an example of a lower vibration where everything's heavier. And it's like, sometimes for me, it's hard to open my eyes. Like I can't open my eyes. I can't do anything. I have those dreams where I can barely move. It's so hard to move my limbs. I can't see my eyes are nearly sealed shut. Those are so frustrating. Those dreams. Yeah, exactly. And that's an excellent example uh, of like the different dimensions, basically. So to me, whenever you're imagining yourself, you know, carrying this ball of light to someone and you're watching yourself on the path and you're doing it, whether or not that's technically astral projection doesn't matter. You're you're making the effort to use your your soul and your, you know, your abilities or whatever that might be to come outside of yourself and it's in a sense and deliver that. And I think that that is the, like, it, it doesn't matter what label you put on it. it it's badass, And that's amazing. <laughs> that's interesting. I never thought about, um, those dreams where you find it hard to move, like, or that you want to just scream, but you can't. Um, I never thought of that as being a more dense, like a, a, yeah, like a like a more dense dimension. But I don't makes- know if I quite understand what you mean by that. So where are we when we're in that state? So that's a great question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I didn't know if Lisa was asking like in the density of why like the more dense something yeah, is. Like, why would we be dreaming that we're in a lower density? So sometimes. Uh, whenever you fall asleep, whether you realize it or not, or remember it or not, you are astral projecting your soul, your, your life body, your, whatever the heck you want to call it, it's coming out of your body and it's going somewhere. Okay. So in your dreaming, like every time you dream, that's what's happening. And just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening. So like going with that logic, uh, whenever you are in a dream, Sometimes there are other people there, other souls, other whatever the hecks, that are trying to trick you, trying to bring you down. But there's also people there they are trying to bring you up. So sometimes, depending on our mood or our current emotional state or our body, for example, like if you're dehydrated or if you've been drinking or whatever, it could, you know, alter your vibration or your, you know, the density you might go into. So sometimes when we dream, uh, I've experienced anyway, that whenever I'm dehydrated, I'm on a much lower density. And that's why I'm so like, it's everything's so heavy. And I can't open my eyes, I can't run, I can't scream sometimes, which really is awful. But the good part about that is that once you realize what's going on, you can change the situation once you realize you're lucid, and you can go up like higher to other dimensions and other densities and stuff. And so if you're like at a normal, say like a normal dream state, like, like, I don't know, whatever, 
normal dream you could have where you could run around screaming whatever you want, you're on a higher vibration. And the ones where you're able to actually fly in and, uh, you know, like go off into Never Never Land, for example, those are like the, you know, the highest vibrations and whatever. So there's, to me, that's what it looks like uh, in my mind anyway. Did you just say, not just, but that we all are astral projecting every time we sleep? Did I hear you say that? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're going to remember it. And that's just, a, you know, my belief system. It doesn't mean that, you know, no one knows for sure what's real. But to me, that is the truth. It hasn't been proven scientifically. Of course, it hasn't. No, but I agree because... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there are things that I understand when we are dreaming that we're doing more soul work, we're, um, getting more downloads, we're learning more things on the astral plane through our higher self, through doing the light body, allowing the light body to travel and do whatever it needs to do. And we're not remembering it or able to remember because it's not necessary yet for us to, or it's not in our highest good to retain all that information just yet but it'll come out as we live in the right amounts that's necessary for this particular realm right and all of that information is being stored in your subconscious so just because you don't remember it doesn't mean that it's gone forever it's just that it's not useful to you at that time interesting did i did i confuse you more i'm so sorry I'm not more confused, but I don't no, know I'm not confused. Michael no, no, I'm not confused. I just, I've never, I haven't had a dream like that where I can't move for a while, but. You've I, had dreams where you can't scream though. Cause you've woken up and you were like, I couldn't, I knew I was dreaming. I couldn't say anything and your arms are flailing and I'm trying to wake you oh, up. Oh yeah. I yeah. know I'm dream. I know I'm dreaming a lot of the time I'm in my dream. And if I don't like the dream, I say to myself, okay, go do something that will make a loud noise so that you can wake up. And I'll try to do something in my dream to make me wake up. Well, why not just try to change the dream or why not demand that it change? Cause it's your reality. You can, it's going off of the other theory. If you're making it all up anyway, you know, why not just change it? <laughs> no. And you know, I, I've just had never really thought about that before until I heard you, you know, heard you talk about it. So I'm absolutely going to do that going forward. You know, I feel like I, I do lucid dream often, so there's no reason why I now won't tell myself, okay, this is a good thing. Let's go have some fun. I'm going to fly with dragons. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to share, um, an ex I'm going to share the experience that we had in Arizona when we went for the wedding, um, that this also to me proves something beyond just dreaming. My um, dream in Arizona? No. no my what i experienced so brian lisa and i went to um, a mutual friend's wedding in arizona last fall and we shared the same hotel room and that day before the evening um lisa had had some work done with shem sterling no shem and uh it was about just breaking certain contracts with other beings or things like that and um, that night when we all went to bed, I remember it felt so real, but I couldn't decipher in my mind, like, was that a dream or did I actually see it? Where I saw a demonic black cloud floating over Brian and Lisa's bed. And 
I remember just struggling and going, what's going on? You know, like, where is this thing coming from? And just being really freaked out about it. And so the next morning, um, I woke up and I was just so disturbed by it. I, I felt like I need to go burn off this energy. So I was getting ready to go. And Brian was like, um, did you sleep okay? And I was like, well, no, I, I had this really bad dream or I, I just saw something really weird in the room. He's like, you screamed out no in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh. And I was like, okay, because clearly, like, I was, I remember trying to say no to this demon that I saw. And so, anyways, I leave the room to go down to the gym and just burn off this energy. And I felt very compelled to text a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken in with for two weeks and tell him that I was just thinking about him and that I hope he's well. The text that came in right after that from him was, thank you, I hope you're doing okay. I fought off the demon for you. It was quite a battle, but he shouldn't be causing you any more problems. And I was floored because to me, that proved that it was real and that he astral projected himself to battle off the demon that was floating over Brian and Lisa's bed. Well, there was another part of that story, which was the dream that I had as well, which was they trying, they were trying to get my son. Remember? And I kept saying, you can't have Tony. You can't have Tony. Yeah. That was the next night. Oh, that was the next night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there were all the beans that I had, which would explain the <laughs> demonic black cloud. <laughs> but like that to me proves something way beyond just dreams. For sure. And that actually reminds me that the first time that um, that I was started to like try to study how methods of how to get out of my body like while I was awake. Like I didn't realize that you could do that until I was in like high school because I was already doing it in other ways. Uh, I was laying in bed in our guest room at the time, which was my brother's old room, which my brother had like uh, he he was older than me um, and he did like a lot of uh, negative stuff. We'll just say that. So um <laughs> He, uh, in that room, I really believe like a lot of that energy was left there, but I think that's relevant for what I'm about to say. So basically I was laying in bed and I was trying to do this technique called the rope technique where you're laying in bed and you imagine a rope hanging above you from the ceiling and you get into a really deep meditative state without falling asleep, which is what I suck at. And you reach up and grab the rope with without moving your actual body and you pull yourself up out of your body and you go do whatever the heck you want to do. Right. Oh. So I'm doing that and I, and I have my eyes. Um, cause I also suck at keeping my eyes closed. Yay. Um, my eyes are closed and then <laughs> they start to crack open a little bit. And I swear I saw like a cloud above me that was like swirling around, like on top of my body, like just hovering over me. And I got really excited and it went away and I woke up like completely from my trance. So I was not asleep at all, but I definitely got too excited. So that's pretty much, that's actually sums up why I, I'm not good at astral projecting directly out of my body because I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely like when you start really opening up your pineal gland and you strengthen that gland and you create that connection to God, to source, prime curator, all that is, whatever you want to call it. Like your whole world just expands and all of your experiences become m like heightened, incredible, like just 
it's better than any movie that you could possibly watch because you're physically experiencing this stuff. And like what we've talked about before, like the pineal gland is so cool because like Heather Sartain told us, it has rods and cones in it and it sees beyond the 400 to 700 nanometer light spectrum that our physical eyes can see. And so that's why, you know, that little gland is so amazing that, you know, when we really start to be mindful through our meditations, through supplementation in our diet, through decalcifying it from fluoridation, when we really start to work with it and and see what, what we're capable of, like, I just feel like there's no limit. There really isn't, because when you think about it like that, you know, your, your third eye is literally an eye, which is so crazy, isn't it? So it's like everything that you see, uh, like, let's say, have you guys ever rubbed your eyes really hard and you start seeing pictures and stuff pop up? Yeah. Oh, totally. That's kind of, yeah. Well, that's kind of what it looks like whenever, um, whenever I meditate and I am actually trying to meditate and not astral project and I start seeing visions, it's like that same color spectrum, but it's with my eyes closed. And I think that it's because your penile gland is like forming those images, but I think it's really cool. Like there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah, no, I've got that too, where I'll be meditating and I'll see um, images like outlines, but they're lights, like the outline is lit up in lights. And I'll see like, I'll often get Mayan images and tribal images coming up and then they'll come up and then they'll disappear and then a new one comes up and then it'll disappear. And I think that's just so cool because I don't know where I'm getting that from or why it's even being shown to me. But it's it's just so cool what we're capable of seeing beyond the physical. Yeah, it's really amazing. And it's another situation where it's one of those things you have to experience to really understand. And it kind of sucks. Like, that kind of sucks. I wish I could download everything that's in my brain to other people, you know, to, to further uh, expand this journey of figuring out what the heck's really going on. But you do with when you astral travel, right? You download it into Sabrina. Yeah, but and if we're if we have this shared collective consciousness, aren't you putting it out there? Yeah, but it just it takes work, you know. It's not like that easy, unfortunately. You know, yeah. that's the reason why I was limited to just saying peanut butter because I didn't know how much would actually transfer. If I would have known that the literal exact same room would have been the same and what clothes we were wearing and everything like that, like would have transferred to her too. Maybe I would have done something else. But that was like the first major like holy crap, this is really happening moment that I had with another person. I forgot my username and password to the shared collective consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I find it fascinating that, you know, the experiment that Brian has been doing, sending energy, but just using, you know, I take my time when I'm meditating sometimes just to send people, maybe who I know aren't feeling well or something, but just, you know, sending them healing energy. And, you know, and even though I may not hear anything back that they felt better or whatever, just, trusting and you know just I have faith that it works that somehow that they felt just a little bit better because of the energy that I sent them but that's what we don't have we being skeptics I would love to just say hey did you feel anything you know it's like I want that proof I want to know you asked me that the other night didn't you try to send me energy and then you actually said to me hey did you feel anything you could practice with me. I mean, it did, you were saying, uh, Nicole, when you first 
got into, you know, this kind of stuff and you met that guy on the movie set or whatever, and that you guys were practicing with energy, right? Throwing it kind of back and forth to each other and everything. Well, no, we were, we were practicing throwing energy to put out candlelight. But I think it's the same type. It's the same concept, whether you're using energy to put out candlelight or you're sending energy to see if the other person can feel you or you're sending them love or, you know, I think it's all, we're moving energy. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally, totally. But, you know, Brian, why were you silent when she said you could do that? (laughs) Well, I know I can do it, but it's... But you're blocking yourself. Exactly. It's it's the whole, that disconnect between brain and mind or brain and consciousness. And that's what doesn't exist. You're putting that up on yourself. Exactly. So I, yeah, I know what the roadblock is for somebody like me, but my physical world is my world. And to understand that there's another world waiting for me, I can't, can't get my mind around. The door's cracked. What's that? I was just going to say that, you know, yeah, this physical world's my world too, but... When I go into my meditation, it's a whole new world. When I'm dreaming, it's a whole new world. And, you know, when I'm just in my mind and using energy to shape my reality um, or affect my reality, that's like another world. And so it's not like you lose this physical world when you open yourself up to another one. And, you know, and, and Brian's already so good at, you know, for Sterling, who doesn't know, but and maybe even the audience, I don't know if we've ever said that, but Brian's a designer, um, landscape design, all, you know, just all sorts of different design. But so he's always drawing things and planning things in his head and he can see yeah. them in detail. I can, so. I can design something and see it completely. I can walk around in my mind. I'm a chef. I can cook. I can invent recipes and be in a kitchen and do that and smell and taste it. But to me, that was just, I don't, I don't see that as a special gift or another realm. I just see that as me. And again, that's because of that. I don't want to say I have a scientific background. I don't, not like Michael does, but I put so much on this that to me, that's just an extension of this. And I don't understand why other people. This being 3D. The yes, world. and I don't understand why people can't see things in their in their mind's eye and in three dimension. So I think I mean I think it's just to be able for other people to see maybe the connection between you know what Sterling's doing and what you're doing. I don't think they're so far apart. I think you just have to allow your mind to. I'm doing it while I'm awake. Yeah, but, I'm completely awake when, and I'm seeing something that doesn't exist. But when Nicole and Sterling and I are, you know, meditating, we're awake and we're imagining things. And when you're meditating and sending Kaya energy, you're awake. So I really don't think that there's a lot of difference. It's like the, the seek, you know, the book, the secret and creating something in your mind and visualizing it and feeling it. And what Augie talked about on our last, our last podcast about that's how you create your reality. So and I've been I, doing that every night, by the way, I can't wait to see what you manifest. <laughs> but I just think, you know, for the, the person who's maybe not doing this stuff, but maybe they are 
focusing on more concrete type of things in their mind, like, you know, planning the way a house looks or planning a vacation, thinking out your vacation in your mind or redecorating your home or something like that. It's really not much different to put yourself out on the astral plane and picture yourself speaking to your relatives or doing things like that. Except when I do that, I'm not interacting with other people. That's okay. You're putting too many limitations on yourself, man. Like, you're right. That is you. And it doesn't necessarily mean there's some magical world or anything, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Like, you're using your mind's eye to plan out and figure out a situation, and you're applying it. You're seeing the pictures in your head. That's exactly what happens when you meditate. That's exactly what happens when you're going to sleep and you dream or whatever. It's just that those realities that you're seeing are like you're walking through them in your, you know, in your light body or whatever you want to call it. So that's a very awesome thing. And unfortunately, not everyone can do that. Not everyone can visualize like you can. And I think that comes into play with the, the creativity that you clearly have by being a chef, by being a designer. Like, that's amazing. And that's why we, you know, tell Brian, or Nicole and I, you know, have recognized and other people in him that he does have these gifts that are more on the spiritual plane of things than he realizes. Yeah, and the same... Power. The same goes for Michael, too. Like, he's so empathic. He's so able to really just tap into the emotional bodies of people and pick up on things. And I just feel like you guys don't give yourself enough credit on what you're actually capable of. And I think some of these new experiences that you're both having with Michael, maybe through your dreams, because that seems to be like a really strong avenue for you and and maybe like, you know, Brian through you just your visions and visualizing in your waking moment, like sending the energy. Like, I think that you guys are starting to tap into some of your powers, but you're just like, like Sterling said, you're blocking it from trying to science it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, like those experiences, they will, you know, they'll make sense if you let them grow and fester into whatever they're going to become. But if you snuff them out when they're just starting to form, then, you know, you're never going to really believe in yourself. And I think that you guys are, you know, what you said, like you're definitely not giving yourself enough credit, you know, like even being on a podcast and being open to talk about these things, like that's pretty amazing. Like there's a lot of people who would never do anything like that. That's very true. I'm pretty special. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something we can Bobby all agree gotten on gotten to know you so well tonight you've been you've been an asshole and you've been so special he's both he's all of the above <laughs> oh my gosh well sterling is there anything else that has happened to you recently that you'd like to share with the audience something that's kind of been expanding your mind and possibilities of what's going on uh, do you mean like on the astral plane or like physically? Mm. Anything. Uh, well, lately, um, kind of feeding off of what I was talking about a little bit earlier, where for some reason there's a lot of astral travel things that are not happening for me right now. And my theory for that is because there's something blocking me, but what's replaced it is super weird. So like not, you know, this isn't something that's really ever happened to me besides like once or twice in my life. The last couple weeks, I've had consistent alien-related dreams, like ET dreams, where I'm meeting aliens and ETs. And now you're talking Nicole's language. 
yeah, it's it's been it's been really cool. I'm super open to it, and I'm you know it's it's awesome. But I'm very surprised because it's almost like another evolution, like something else has changed. And of course, uh, it's not just ETs; it's also a uh, revamp, a resurgence, I guess, of the the medical facilities that I used to dream about and the school some schools but not as much mostly like medical stuff and alien stuff and spaceships so uh that's a little creepy um but it's great you know it's fine no problem so when you say ETs what (laughs) well I was gonna ask like um is it all benevolent all malevolent or both well it's a mixture so sometimes I think they're like they're good and then they're not or something like in one situation uh this ugly white dude looking guy uh <laughs> he tricked me er, into i don't really know what it was but he ended up making me his slave and then after he made me my his, made me his slave i liked him and then he like stole my life force from me to live and some other weird stuff happened so i don't think he, like when i woke up i was dissecting it and i think i might have like accidentally signed some contracts that i have to undo so like that's he was probably a reptilian. Uh yeah, there's been a lot of Draco activity too for whatever oh, reason. I'm you know, I'm not an expert on uh on that side of things, but I guess I'm gonna have to become one because it's they're not leaving me alone. <laughs> so we'll figure it out. Trust me, Lisa and I have had our fair share of uh Draco reptilian um interference. Shim can help you out with battling yep. those guys. Yep, and breaking those contracts. Yeah, I've talked to Shim some about it because I did make a video talking about uh, that one dream in more detail, and he saw it and responded to me, and he pretty much confirmed uh, from what he sees anyway that there was like some contracts that I keep trying to get me to sign, and I keep agreeing to it because I'm so damn nice. Uh, and uh, right, so I'm working on it. There's, it's just really weird how consistent it is. Like I don't know, it's a weirdo, weirdo thing. No, it's not weird because you're really growing into your light right now. You're really putting yourself out there. And uh, they're trying to kibosh that, basically. So um, it's hard. It's, We have to remember you're 20-something, right? I. Yeah, I'm 23. Yeah, wow. And then and you, you know, Nicole was talking about this recently as well, that about, you know, you have your own YouTube channel and, you know, so does Nicole and you guys are putting your energy and your space out to so many people as, you know, as a public figure. And so you, you just have to be more cautious. You know, I know Nicole did a webinar recently on protecting yourself. And I think it's once you start, you know, dabbling in this stuff, you, you really need to learn how to protect yourself and you need to make sure you're doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, that's really true. And I knew that before, but I didn't really believe it until I experienced it firsthand, like right after um, I moved from where I was working with Sabrina in my hometown, I moved like an hour away. And I really started like pumping out more videos and stuff. And I experienced laying in bed, which this has happened before, but I was like laying in bed and I could hear really clearly in my mind over and over again, the words, you're having suicidal thoughts, you're having suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm not. Like, this isn't what's going on. And I realized that basically it was another, like, attack kind of. So, like, I I realized at that point that I actually do have to protect myself. And it's not just, like, a game. Like, this stuff actually happens. And uh, it's it's weird. But, um, you know, at least I learned that lesson that way and not by, like, actually hurting myself or being stupid enough to believe it. So... 
No. You know? Yeah. And you know what, Sterling? One of the things I had to learn to do is whenever I make um, a video to put out onto YouTube, I ask for protection around it when I'm recording it. I ask for protection when I'm editing it. And I ask for protection when I upload it so that it's always protected. And you do that with our podcast as well? Yeah. No, and I don't do it with you guys. <laughs> what? I'm joking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you said no? <laughs> no, no, I do. But I just, I'm saying to Sterling because you're going to have so many eyes on you the more your channel grows um, that you just don't know, um, you know, at, who's, who's sending you energy, like who's trying to um, infiltrate your energy field. And you also have to be wary of like, for instance, I use my Oracle deck um, when I do my crystal readings for the my energy, my monthly energy readings. And I have to constantly cleanse them because I don't and I have to protect them because I don't know when, when people see them on the their computer. Like there's people who are used to working with energy know how to um, get into those things. And so, um, you know, energy is a very complex uh, concept and so it's very important to always be protecting it's like a yeah, spiritual sure. antivirus program yes yeah you could develop that and i'll install it into my mind uh for sure though like you definitely have to make sure you're protected and it kind of sucks but the reality is there are actually people that just watch you just to be hateful and they kind of sit around in a little circle and they chant evil spirits at you and it's kind of true like people do Seriously? that i mean it probably is true but you know what even you know just sending that energy your way people are jerks okay people you don't know everybody you know what i mean like people you know, are jerks i agree it's crazy it's crazy it's ridiculous like you, you'd make it in video to help encourage people and they just want to tear you down so no yeah and, well and there are internet trolls you know people who just want to stir shit up on the internet and then there's paid internet trolls to like bring you down so um yeah it totally exists yeah, well, sure. I mean, even in just, you know, we were talking about sending people good energy and we did the podcast on why is it easier to send them bad energy or be mad at people that have done something to you. You know, that's just really common, too, that, you know, if you piss somebody off and you didn't even know you did or why that they're sending you negative energy. Or, you know, the obvious one, you know, you have a breakup or, you know, a, some sort of. Um, romantic or emotional relationship. And yeah, but it doesn't even have to be that strong of a connection. I'm just imagining this guy that was going way too fast and I pulled in front of him, didn't realize he was going that fast and he pulled up next to me and was you know, yelling at me and flipping me off and whatever and it didn't bother me, but some people hold on to that kind of stuff and who knows, maybe the rest of his day all he did was mumble under his breath can't believe that guy did that and you know fuck that guy and sending all that bad energy that it's an interesting idea to think about so next time when i tell you we're in the shower you should rinse off that negative energy and transmute it before it goes down the drain you might not give me that crazy look like what are you talking about And if those people, like, if they're going to carry that around with them all day, all that is going to do is create more karma on them, and it's going to just reflect that on them. Like, they're going to create more situations in their life where they piss people off. So it's, like, not good. Like, if you're one of those people listening, please don't do that. Please just forgive and forget and move on and be happy. Please. 
Well, it's a law of attraction. You get more of what you put out there. So if you're continually upset and angry at people, you're only going to bring more situations that are going to make you upset and angry at people. Forgive and forget. Yes. Forgive and forget. Forget and learn. How's that? Wait, learn, learn and move on. There you go. Okay, we're sitting here at the table. Go ahead, say it. Well, I was just reading the Chipotle wait, napkin in wait. front of me. It says forgive and forget. So. <laughs> he looked down in the I was, napkin. I wasn't being spiritual. I was just reading a napkin. Well, I also said that. She okay. said it, and then you looked down, and it was on the napkin. I'm just saying. I'm saying. <laughs> Coincidence. Yes, thank you. That is called a synchronicity. Sphincter nisrity? Yes. What? <laughs> Sphincter, what? Right straight from the asshole. All right. Ah, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, Sterling, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. I had a great time. It's a great dynamic you got going on here. So for our listeners, I mean, I'm going to leave all of this information in the show notes, but can you let all of our listeners know how they can find you or where they can find you and if they need to get into contact with you on anything astral projection related, how can they do that? The best way to get in contact with me at this time is to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sterling Nicole Bennett. And you have a website as well, right? Right. Uh, it's SterlingNicoleBennett.com. My YouTube channel right now, uh, it's getting worked on. So if you guys want to stay updated on that, just like my Facebook page and I'll give updates probably before this podcast even comes out. And do you have an astral address as well? <laughs> yeah, it's 2345 Internet Street. There you go. Woo! You, you knocked that one off. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, great conversation. Um, I'm excited to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, come high five me on the astral Yeah, plane. I'm gonna I am gonna find you on the astral plane tonight. Here. All, all right, everyone. Um to all of our listeners, uh we are still looking for some of you to join us on a conversation later next month or in March. So again, uh, send in to our email info at enlightenup.us if you would like to be on the show with us to ask us your questions. And uh, if you need to find out any more information, you can always go to our website, enlightenup.us. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining. And uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great night. Bye. Good night. Bye.